Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you are enjoying the podcast, please go to my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, and right on the homepage, you can sign up to subscribe to my new email newsletter, which will let you know about new podcast episodes as well as other articles and helpful content. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to build a simple meal plan that you can stick to if you live a busy lifestyle. Building a healthy meal plan is perceived to be very difficult by most people. In fact, most Americans believe that doing their income taxes is less complicated than following a healthy diet. But today, I'm going to explain the easiest way to put together a custom plan that you can stick to and that is tailored to your specific goals. So with that, let's jump right in. Okay, first, let's address the question of why it's important to have a structured meal plan. And by structured meal plan, I mean a meal plan where there are pre-designed meal options um, that are the core of what you're sticking to from a diet perspective. Why not just try to make healthy choices as you go? A lot of people ask that question. Or why not just keep track of things like calories and macronutrients as you make food choices throughout the day instead of having actually structured meals that you're eating most of the time. These may sound like easier options than building a meal plan to follow. Um, and you may have tried these approaches in the past of just trying to count calories uh, or just make you know good decisions when it's when it's time to eat a meal. My guess is that if those strategies really worked long term, you you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So what is a structured meal plan and why are they so important to achieving fitness goals? Well, a structured meal plan is an eating schedule with pre-planned options, ideally with predetermined foods and portion sizes that are tailored to your individual fitness goals. The benefit of having a structured meal plan is that this makes it much easier to make good decisions in the moment when you're hungry. Because if you have a plan that you're following, then there are very few steps that would need to be taken. And more importantly, there are very few decisions that need to be made in the moment for you to get a healthy meal on your plate when you're actually hungry. Having a meal plan reduces the amount of time and effort required to decide what to eat. In other words, meal plans can help eliminate friction, which is the term I use to refer to the inefficient use of time and energy in any kind of fitness process. In this case, we're talking about nutrition. So you can eliminate friction by having a structured meal plan that you're following. A low friction diet protocol increases the likelihood that you're going to stick to a plan consistently, which is ultimately going to make it easier to develop good nutrition habits. And as you've probably heard me say, if you've listened to other podcasts, the development of good habits is what makes long-term behavior change possible. It makes lifestyle change possible and much easier and more feasible for people, especially those that have a lot going on, a lot of priorities and things that they're responsible for if you live a generally busy lifestyle like most people do. 
So there are a few common ways that you can go wrong with a nutrition plan that will make it difficult to turn healthy eating into a sustainable long-term habit. I mentioned one of those already, which is to keep track of what you eat, but without having any kind of structured meal plan that you're actually following. The problem with this approach is that it requires you to come up with meal plans essentially in the moment when you're hungry. So you may be able to get away with this at times when you're not under a lot of pressure, like you know, on the weekend or if you're on vacation, when you've got more time to think about you know, what to put on your plate in the moment. But when you're in the heat of the busy work week, you don't want to add more friction to the process of eating by requiring lots of thinking or decision making um, at the front end of a meal. And then there's another common way that people tend to set themselves up for failure, which is to have a structured meal plan, but one that includes meals that take a significant amount of time or effort to actually prepare. So in the same way that you should avoid overloading the eating process with a lot of decision making up front when it's time to eat, you also want to avoid adding friction to the process of eating by requiring a lot of time and energy to prepare your food. When your stomach is growling and you know, you've got 20 minutes to get something together because you've got to put kids to bed or you've got to get back to that work project or whatever it may be, you don't want to have to spend an hour you know, defrosting meat or doing a bunch of tedious food prep. Um, these can be huge deterrents to making healthy decisions you need to select meal options that make it as easy as possible to get healthy foods on your plate that you're going to find satisfying um, and that also align with whatever your fitness goals are. So this is the key to building a sustainable meal plan that you can actually stick to when you're busy. So now let's talk about the steps that you can take to build a low friction meal plan for yourself. It starts with determining your goals. Are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to maintain where you're at? Are you even trying to gain weight? Which that is a goal for some people. Once you know what your goal is, you need to develop some nutritional targets to aim for that are going to help you make progress towards that goal. Now, there are a lot of ways you can do this, but I have a free nutrition calculator on my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, that you can fill out and it will generate a set of nutritional targets for you to aim for based on whatever your goal is. So it gives you a basic daily target for calories, for protein, for fat, and for carbohydrate intake. Once you have some nutritional targets developed, then you're almost ready to start the meal building process. The last thing that I highly recommend getting before you get started is to download a good nutrition app that you can use to help make the meal building process a little bit easier. These nutrition apps, um, the one that I currently use is called Lose It, um, and it is a fantastic tool for meal building um, as well as just keeping track of nutritional intake. That's mainly what these apps are used for. I've used Lose It for over 10 years I'm not affiliated with this company at all. It's just a really great tool, um, and I'll try to put a link to their website in the uh, in the show notes if you want to check that out. Um, there is a free and a paid version. 
I've used both. Um, I'm going to walk through an example today using the app, um, and I'll be I'll be using the paid version, but you could you could use either version and accomplish basically the same process. Um, and then I should also note that there are lots of good nutrition apps out there that you can basically follow this exact same process that I'm going to talk through. My Fitness Pal is another popular one, uh, but there are there are several. Um, okay, so the reason that apps are so great is that they allow you to look up foods. Uh, most of them have some kind of a food library um, included in the app, and they also let you actually scan food nutrition labels or barcodes. So if you have foods that you know you want to include in your meals as you're building them, you know, readily available at home, you can also just scan them. And most of these apps have that capability, which is which is powerful. But the real power of using these apps for meal building is that they allow you to build the meals within the app and they allow you to adjust the portion sizes of the foods within those meals and the app automatically calculates everything. It calculates as you're changing portion sizes or adding or removing foods, it shows you the totals for the meal of calorie content, nutritional content for that whole meal, which otherwise you would have to do this all by hand, which is extremely tedious. So apps make it very easy to ensure that the meals that you're designing have nutritional content that match up to those targets that you've set for yourself. Um, so the example that I'm going to walk through is going to show you how to design a meal that's based on your individual targets using a nutrition app. But I want to make a couple things clear before I jump into the example, and this is important to say. I am not a nutritionist. Um, I am a certified personal trainer and someone who does a lot of research on these things, but I'm, I am not a nutritionist, and I am not advocating that, that you eat any particular types of food or follow any particular style of diet. So my aim is just to demonstrate how helpful an app can be um, and also just demonstrate a process that you can follow to build meals that will align with your personal goals. Um, the methods that I'm going to go through can really work for anyone, regardless of the type of diet that you subscribe to. So whether you're vegan or paleo or Mediterranean or DASH diet or just a person who eats food that you find satisfying, which is the camp that I, I currently put myself in, the secret to success with any meal plan is about having reasonable targets and a structured plan that's built around those targets. And a nutrition app... Um, you know, though they're normally used for day-to-day -day things like calorie tracking or keeping track of your macronutrient intake, they're actually really helpful for building and designing meals as well. So that's what I really want to emphasize as we start to go through an example. Okay, so hopefully it's fairly clear to you now why a nutrition app can be really helpful when you're designing um, a meal and now we can kind of switch gears and start to talk about how to carry out this process of meal building with the help of an app. Because if you're not experienced at doing this, it can seem like an overwhelming process, but it doesn't have to be. If you have the right guiding principles and the right steps to follow, um, it, it can be a relatively straightforward process. So the first step of building any meal is going to be deciding 
what your primary source of protein is going to be in that meal. So it could be any food, but it's best to pick a food with a relatively high percentage of protein compared to other contents, so carbs and fats that may also be in the food. In general, you're probably going to need to look at foods like lean meats or seafoods or dairy products because they tend to be higher in protein content. Now, if you happen to be vegan, you'll have to rely on things like soy products. Most vegans know this, but I'm, I'm just putting this out there. Um, also things like beans and nuts. Um, and there are also, you know, vegan protein supplements. Uh, so things like pea-based protein powder um, can, can be helpful to get in your protein. There are other plant-based options for protein, but I have found that in general, it can be more challenging to find good protein options, meaning foods that are relatively high in protein content compared to carbs and fats. Um, that is tougher when you're not eating animal or dairy products of some kind. The reality is that animal products are just more densely packed with protein than plant products. This doesn't mean that you can't build effective meals. If you're vegan, you certainly can but it will be a little bit more of a jigsaw puzzle to get them designed in the beginning because vegan options uh, just tend to have higher concentrations of carbs and fats. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So I want to get that out before we jump into this example. Okay, so now let's jump into a real meal building example. In this scenario, I am going to design a meal for someone who's aiming to eat a 1500 calorie a day plan um, with a protein target of 100 grams per day which is about 400 protein calories and then a fat target of somewhere between 33 and 50 grams per day which is between 270 and 450 calories the remainder of the calories after we account for protein and for fat would be allocated or will be allocated for carbohydrates. Um, and I just want to say, by the way, that these are the types of detailed targets that the nutrition calculator on my website will generate for you. So you don't have to do the math to figure this out. Okay, so to start, I picked skirt steak. Um, as a primary source of protein for this meal. I'm going to assume this is a dinner or maybe a lunch. Now, I would use the nutrition app to determine how big that steak portion actually needs to be. So the daily protein target within this plan is 100 grams, like I said. And I'm assuming that this person is, is eating a typical three meal per day pattern. So what I'll do is I'll aim to spread the protein and the carbs and fats, spread everything out evenly across all three meals. So this would mean my protein target on a meal basis is going to be, you know, about 33 to 34 grams of protein. So with that in mind, I enter the steak, I look up skirt steak within the app and I go ahead and add that. And then I adjust the portion size to get it as close to 33 grams as I can. So right now I'm just pushing the button to increase the portion size of the steak. 
and the app is in real time showing me how the protein amounts and the calories and even the fats and the carbs are changing as I increase the size of the steak. So right now I can see that a, a piece of skirt steak that is 4.2 ounces would be 33 grams of protein and would be 241 calories. And again, I didn't calculate this. This is the app doing this automatically for me. So we're gonna go with this. We're right at 33 grams and that is the target uh, roughly that I set out originally for the meal. So after you have dialed in protein, it's generally best to get your fat sources figured out next. Um, and mainly I say that because fat is denser from a caloric perspective. So every gram of fat contains nine grams or nine calories compared to just four calories when you're looking at protein or carbs. So calories add up quickly when it comes to fat. So it's better to figure out how you're going to get your fat target settled before you move on to carbs. Um, so based on this hypothetical plan, the fat target for an individual meal um, is going to be between 11 and 16 grams for one of for one out of three meals. So with that, um, the first thing to think about is I, I just think this is a best practice is think about any kind of sauces or toppings that you may be including in your meal because they tend to be higher in fat and usually unless you're on a really high fat diet usually most of the the fat that you're going to be able to eat within a healthy plan is going to be consumed by things like that um, especially if you're having like a steak which also has some fat content which is the case in in this meal um, so for instance this hypothetical meal I was thinking of adding a sweet potato um, later on to be the main source of carbs. And I know that generally, you know, you serve a sweet potato or any kind of potato with some type of a fat um, topping. So butter or olive oil is usually served um, with, uh, with a potato. So I'm going to plan for a serving of butter with the sweet potato that I'm going to add in just a few minutes. And just that serving of butter is probably enough to be my other or my primary source of direct fat for this meal. Um, and I should just mention here again that the steak itself also has a significant amount of fat, um, which the, the app is showing me right now as I'm sitting here looking at it. So I'm going to go ahead and plug in one serving of butter, which is a teaspoon, um, and that is four grams of fat. And I can see right here in the app that this four grams of fat combined with the 11 grams of fat that is in my steak puts me at 15 grams of fat total, which is right on target for our meal plan. So, okay, at this point, I have now squared away fat and protein targets for the meal and the app shows me that I'm up to 277 calories so far and this means that I have about 223 calories left to get to 500 uh, which is our total meal um, that we're planning on and I still need to add carbs to the meal uh, which is usually the easiest thing to do because there's so many options when it comes to carbs. So I, like I said, I know that I want to add um, a sweet potato and I'm also going to add some, some mixed vegetables 
to the meal as well, just to get us some healthy complex carbs. Um, but I'm gonna hold off on actually adding the potato or the vegetables into the app just yet, because I also know that I wanna add some, um, some other sauces uh, and toppings to the meal. Um, and since the portion sizes of sauces and toppings are usually pretty standardized, uh, you know, per serving size, I'm going to go ahead and add those first just to see how many calories they take up, and the app will be able to show me that. Um, and then I'll know how much room is actually left for the potato um, and for vegetables. So right now I am going ahead and adding in uh, some barbecue sauce for the steak, uh, which is 25 uh, grams is the portion size, and then 32 grams of fat-free sour cream. I know I'll, uh, I'm gonna allocate for the sweet potato, and these are pretty typical portion sizes for, uh, for sauces or toppings. Okay, so those are in, and the app is now showing me that I'm at 354 total calories with everything added up. So this means I've got 146 calories left um, to get to 500. And now I'm in a good place to right size my sweet potato um, and vegetable mix in order to get to my 500 calorie target for the meal. So first what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add the sweet potato to the app and get it in here. And I see that's 180 calories. And I can also see that that puts me over the 500 calorie target or budget um, and that's before I have even added in my veggies. So I need to reduce the portion size. So I'm gonna adjust it down here um, to, let's try a half of a sweet potato. Uh, and that shows me that it's 90 calories, which puts me at 444 calories total for the meal, leaving me 54 calories left for some veggies, which actually should be perfect because veggies are are usually pretty low in calories. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and add in a vegetable medley. I actually had a bag of mit mixed vegetables in my freezer. Um, so I actually just scanned the nutrition label um, there and it says that a standard serving size is two thirds of a cup. So that's about 88 grams um, according to the package. So I'm going ahead and I add this in and the app is showing me that the portion size would be 57 calories, which would bring me to actually 501 calories, which is almost exactly on target for this meal. Plus, we know that the protein and the fat and the carbohydrate contents um, are all based on the targets that we set uh, for this hypothetical plan up front. Um, so that is it. We've gone through one meal building example. So you get a sense of the actual process of plugging in foods, adjusting quantities to match the targets, and then also making sure that you're staying within the boundaries of the calorie uh, targets that you've actually set for yourself. Okay, so just to recap this whole process, for each meal, you're gonna pick a protein source. You're gonna dial it in to the right portion size to meet your protein target for the meal. And then you're gonna add in some fat sources in the same way until you reach 
your fat target for the meal. And then the last step is to fill in any remaining calories that you have with carbohydrates. And you know, ideally, you're getting in healthy complex carbs, including some um, various you know, green vegetables and just a mix of, of, of fruits and veggies to make sure that you're getting all of your, um, your vitamins and minerals, which is important. So as you go, the app automatically calculates everything. So this makes it really easy, again, to adjust the portion sizes to match up to the nutrition plan and targets that you calculated for yourself up front. If you're not sure what types of foods are healthy sources of protein or fat or carbohydrates, the internet is going to be your friend here. Um, you can get good ideas on you types of foods that you can use to help you with meal building by just Googling. I mean, you can use search phrases like healthy foods high in protein or foods high in healthy fats or healthy carbohydrate options. And you do these searches and of course you need to make sure that the websites that you're pulling information from are reputable, but most of the top results are going to be um, from a reputable source. And then also in my new book, I also have some really helpful charts that show um, popular and good options uh, when it comes to foods that are you know, both high in protein or fat or carbs and, and that tend to be healthier options. I also want to note here that what I've presented is a basic framework for meal building that's really centered around calories and macronutrients, which are the fundamental building blocks of human nutrition. But this doesn't exhaust the list of variables that you can consider as you're building meals. So if you have other variables that you either want to or have been advised by a doctor or nutritionist to pay attention to, things like sodium or cholesterol or added sugar, by all means, you can set targets and make those part of your personal nutrition plan and include those in the meal design process. These apps, the one that I'm using and I think most, um, also keeps track of, of these kinds of variables, so it works the same way. There's just you know more to pay attention to as you're building out the meals. All right, so after hearing an example of how the meal building process works, you're probably realizing that this may take you some time, and it does, which is why you don't want to get in the habit of trying to do this every day, or worse, trying to build meals on the fly you know, in the moment when you're hungry and ready to eat. If you live a busy lifestyle, you won't have time for this. You need pre-designed options that you can go to in the heat of the moment. Otherwise, you will eventually get frustrated, um, especially during the busy work week, and this is gonna increase the temptation to take the path of least resistance, which is usually a path that's gonna lead you away from whatever your, your fitness or nutrition goals happen to be. So my solution is to systematize the way you eat, especially during times when you're very, very busy. If you live a busy lifestyle, it's best, i found, to have three to, three to five pre-designed meal options that you know have the right nutritional content and portion sizes that are going to help you make progress towards your goals. I call these core meals. With a set of reliable core meals, there's really nothing to think about when it's time to eat. When you're hungry, 
you know what your meal option is and you go through what will become your very familiar routine for quickly putting that meal together and there's no decision making and not much effort required in order to do this. So to get started with coming up with a core meal plan, I recommend dedicating 60 to 90 minutes to sit down and design a series of three to five meals that you can stick with most days of the week for most meals, or at least most of the busy work days. So Monday through Friday for most people. The idea is to only do this planning exercise once and to get all of your meals figured out up front during that time. The only times that you really want to have to come back and revise your plan is going to be occasionally uh, when you want to maybe add some variety or change things up or maybe there will be some times when you want to um, recalculate and revise your meals because your goals may have changed or your targets may have changed. But the idea is that you don't have to do this exercise very often at all. Um, the basic idea of having core meals is that you set them and then you forget them or you forget you know, following the process because you, you shouldn't need to do this all the time. The idea is that they free you up from doing this hard work of counting calories and you know, designing meals on a day-to-day -day basis. That's what you need to avoid. Okay, so to wrap up here, I just want to say um, if you enjoy coming up with new meals and cooking, I because I realize this is important in a lot of people's lives, I highly recommend that you try to relegate those activities to less busy times of the week, maybe on the weekends when you have more bandwidth is a good time for that kind of thing. As much as it pains me to say this, being a foodie all of the time brings a lot of complexity into the process of hitting nutritional targets um, at every meal, and complexity is the mortal enemy of building habits. It is where friction comes from, um, or one of the major sources of friction when it comes to nutrition. So my advice is if you are a foodie, to try to be a foodie when you have time to be a foodie, not when you're bogged down with the day-to-day -day chaos of work and family obligations and priorities. When you're bogged down, you need to simplify. And a core meal plan allows you to simplify, to eliminate friction, and still make progress towards your fitness goals. So following a core meal plan is most likely to be repeatable, versus other ways of doing things in the context of a busy lifestyle. And what this means is that you're going to be more likely to be consistent to build healthy behaviors and turn them into habits. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, building habits is the real key to lifestyle change and long-term success when it comes to fitness. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to sign up for email updates, and you'll also get updates on new articles and content as they become available. And you'll also have access to my free fitness calculator tools, and you can also download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, 
The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is going to be launching on March 15th of 2023. And it is now available for pre-order, both in ebook and paperback versions. So thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.